our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There is no God but our God. We worship you, Father, and we thank you for your long-suffering grace and mercy. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Nothing else matters but your will, Father. May each of us seek to accomplish our part by faith even today. May we love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. May we love our neighbor as our own self. Give us this day our daily bread. Thank you, Father, for the abundance of food and your holy word that is taken for granted in our land. May your blessings and sustenance strengthen each of us to accomplish your perfect will with humility and great thankfulness. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Thank you, Lord, our God, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that our sins may be forgiven. As you have forgiven us, our great God and Redeemer, may we always be ready to forgive others. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness, O Lord. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You continue to lead us, guide us, and protect us today from the continual onslaught of hell. As we have gathered together, even with our families, to discuss sound speech. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us be worshipful. Let us be thankful, my friends. For the Antichrists are neither, hence the darkness. Romans chapter 1, verse 21, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So speaking of being thankful, I would like to start off this episode with thankfulness. Thankfulness to a couple of Christ families that sent in some snail mail. Here's from one family that says, Peace and blessings to you both. It's been quite a difficult couple of months, but my strength is constantly renewed by Jesus. He never fails to provide me with the encouragement I need. Thank you for your sermons and prayers. May God continue to bless you both for the work you do. So thank you very much to this dear family who sent in this nice note and blessing. May God's blessing and peace be upon you as well, and thank you. And a another brother, another family, a brother in Christ, says, My brother and sister, I pray that this gift blesses you all as much as the both of you bless me. Love you all. Well, love you too, brother. Thank you um, for the kind words and for taking the time to send us uh, the snail mail to uh, both of you. Now we're going to be looking at the book of Zechariah, beginning in chapter 1 and verse 3. Therefore say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts. And I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. And it's here that we see the two-way street of love. We're in that God first loves us, and then we love him. And we must turn back to this love if we expect 
to see any hope inside of this country or the world for that matter because it's crashing and burning rather quickly. I was talking to family members yesterday. I was talking to my dad, and my dad said himself he just is just flabbergasted by the rate of speed of decline within our own country. And then people act as if they're just going to be able to raise an army to to fight against this. And I'm going to tell you this, my friends, unless the Lord raises an army, the army is raised in vain. We read this in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 22 through 24. For at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him until it was a great host like the host of God. And these are the numbers of the bands that were ready armed to war and came to David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. And I'm going to say that part again, according to the word of the Lord. And this is where we find sound speech, conquering speech, which brings us to the title of today's episode number 329, Conquering Speech, which happens to be found in sound speech. That is only found in the word of God. So unless the Lord speaks, we speak in vain. I saw a Twitter post by William Wolfe. He says progressive liberalism driven by the sexual revolution, feminism and cultural Marxism has hallowed, hallowed out our national heritage and traditions. He says that Christian nationalism is the cure, the great reversal back to God, goodness and creation Order Now, I would effectively argue, sir, that a national heritage or tradition that can be hallowed by these things have not been hallowed. And here we have a change of just one single letter from the O in hallowed to an A in hallowed, which is to be made holy by Jesus Christ. And it's here that we find that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is the cure. This cure only occurs with great repentance that only God can give. 2 Timothy 2.25 In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. As we can see, as it pertains to Sodom and Gomorrah, which was trending, has been trending on Twitter since the election results, is that they were not given this repentance. Uh, They were destroyed as they were turned over to a reprobate mind to do those things we read about in Romans chapter 1. Just as there were no righteous armies that were raised by God in that day to deliver them, I do not see these righteous armies being delivered today. Genesis 13, 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I see this exceedingness. And if exceedingly is a mile marker, America has gone twain. But we know that this judgment of God will also be twain. So you thought that the judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah was fierce. Wait till America sees what it's going to get. But until this judgment is fully poured out upon America by God, the speech that I bring to you today will be considered hate speech. How dare I speak of the judgment of Almighty God? In this upside-down world, 
This world is clearly upside down. But that's because God is allowing this world to be brought upside down because this world has refused him. Isaiah 24, 1, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth their broad the inhabitants thereof. And I bring to you conquering speech that is found in the word of God. And then they say that I am the hateful one. Christ is Lord, Revelation 17, 14, which is Andrew Torba's Twitter account. He says, there is no such thing as hate speech. Well, my brother Torba, there is such a thing as sound speech. And it's the word of God that is the arbiter of this speech. T- Titus 2.8, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And it's these evil things that they say of us for preaching and speaking sound speech. That is what is the hate speech that has been determined and declared by the word of God, not by some antichrist. I was glad to be able to discuss these sound things, not only with my family yesterday, but a man that I never met before joined us for Thanksgiving dinner at her house last night. And we sat down and we spoke of the things of God. He spoke of the pain from his uh, divorce over seven years ago. But then he spoke of the peace of Christ that he has found since then. He spoke of the struggle between the temptation to hate and to love with this sound speech, which he did instead. And this is the struggle that you and I face every single day, my friend. To either hate with our speech or to love with our speech in accordance with the word of God. And I'm glad that this man has chosen the sound example of speech given to us by God's word. And we rejoiced in the Lord together. I went and gave him a copy of my story of my walk with the Lord throughout my military career, a soldier's progress. And then before he left, we loaded him up with another plate, a to-go plate. And then we ended the evening in prayer as it should be ended. And this is what Christ friends do. We speak of sound things concerning the Lord. And then we end our conversation with the same. All I know is that we did not sit around and Put the thumbs up and down on others in hate. We could have. We could have spent the whole evening discussing those who have spoken evil against us and done evil towards us, but we did not. We hope that these same people will find the peace that we have found in sound speech in conquering speech that is found in the Word of God. Even KJR0305 on Gab mentioned the fact that she finds the whole Elon letting the people vote very Romanesque. She asks, will he soon be the emperor doing thumbs up or down for Christians? Now I echoed the same in episode 324, the guest list, when Trump was being voted on for Twitter reinstatement. 
I said, why does this feel like a thumbs up or down from Commodus upon the life of Alias Maximus Decimus Meridius? We're not called to the behavior of Commodus. We are called to the behavior of Jesus Christ. Then Elon continues to inquire the populace. This morning, he says, what do you think of the culture war? And I simply replied, read the Bible and find out. Read the Bible and find out, Elon. This is where you find sound speech that conquers the culture war. Because we are in a spiritual war. And until you know the true Jerusalem, instead of bowing and submitting to the wrong Jerusalem, you will never understand this sound and conquering speech that we find in the Bible. People are just going to keep on continuing to cater to that which is hateful and not sound. The thumbs up and the th- thumbs down mentality. And yes, the Jerusalem below clearly hates those who do not bow to them. They are the ones who put up the thumbs up and the thumbs down when they attempt to cancel those who refuse to worship them. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 4 through 5, And said unto them, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls, for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I say that the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. So we need to understand the difference between that which is sound and that which is not sound. The Jerusalem above versus the Jerusalem below. Because here the word of God clearly in the same chapter tells us to deliver us, to deliver thyself from the daughter of Babylon, this Jerusalem below. It does not say vote for the Babylonian puppets masked by Zionists. Saw yesterday traffic, more traffic going on with Yay 24, and looks like he may get my vote again. Because he's calling out this Jerusalem below, these these puppet Zionists who have hijacked this name of Zion. And this is what the Antichrist do. They hijack that which is sound. So that they can attempt to destroy that which is righteous. They seem to hijack all that is good and sound. However, they will never be able to destroy all righteousness because they can never destroy God. And he alone is purely righteous. Andrew Torbo had shared on his Gab account, he says, Elon is literally posting internal charts celebrating how much hate speech they removed. He's taking meetings with the ADL. Then he's openly telling people, Twitter is going to shadow ban and the clapping seal vax brain normies are shouting free speech is back on Twitter. Now, this was in a response to Bolin at U.S. Centurion on Gab, who says Elon Musk saying he supports free speech and turning right around to meet the demands of the ADL is no different from the Republicans saying that they are America first and turning right back around and voting yes to give Israel and Ukraine foreign aid. There are public service announcements to appease the normies. And it's these public service announcements that amount to hate. 
This is not sound speech. This is not conquering speech found in the word of God. These are lies. And people who lie to you hate you. But people who love you speak of sound speech. They speak of the word of God. And here's the good news, my friends. The Jerusalem below, which is inhabited by the Antichrist, will be inhabited by Jesus Christ and his people. The Jerusalem above flag will fly once again there. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come. And I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord, and many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, and thou shalt know the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto thee. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the Holy Land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. We just finished reading the book of Haggai, which is just two chapters long. Yet it's packed with much prophecy, application, and teaching. Haggai is preaching that the second temple needs to be built by a repentant people. This second temple, in humble comparison to Solomon's temple, would, would, would be rebuilt in their day. But it was a humble comparison. But it was built with repentance. And under the Roman sanctioned rule of Herod, the second temple would be greatly improved, only to be destroyed in 70 AD by Rome. So here we could see the difference between that which is aesthetic versus repentant. There's a huge difference, and this is the difference that we need to understand. You can experience the glory of Almighty God in true repentance. Without all of the vanity. The vanity only leads to destruction every single time. Now a significant point to all of this is that the second temple was built in accordance with the word of God, prophecy. As we have just spoken today, in accordance with sound speech. And it, and it was because of this that this temple would even be greater than Solomon's temple. Although, again, more humbler in its size and aesthetics. Haggai 2.3, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of, of it as nothing? Verse 9, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And you say, well, how is this possible? It's possible because it's of Jesus Jesus Christ the Lord, the Son of God, set physical foot within this temple. And going back to the sound speech of these prophecies regarding these temples that include the pre-temple of the tabernacle. And it's here that we find the point that these prophecies came to be true, unlike the temple prophecies of false prophets. Include the 19th century Joseph Smith who prophesied that an 1831 temple would be, be rebuilt in Independence, Missouri. Here is the unsound speech that's found in D.C. 84, 2 through 5, which is a Mormon writing. And it says, starting in verse 2, the word of the Lord concerning his church established in the last days for the restoration of his people 
as he has spoken by the mouth of his prophets, and for the gathering of his saints to stand upon Mount Zion, which shall be the city of New Jerusalem, which city shall be built beginning at the temple lot, which is appointed by the finger of the Lord in the western boundaries of the state of Missouri, and dedicated by the hand of Joseph Smith and others whom the Lord has well pleased. Verily, this is the word of the Lord, uh, this writing says, that the, that the city, New Jerusalem, will be built by a gathering of the saints beginning at this place, even the place of the temple, which temple shall be reared in this generation. For verily, this generation shall not pass until an house shall be built unto the Lord, and a cloud shall rest upon it, which cloud shall be even the glory of the Lord, which shall fill the house. So here we see unsound, false, hateful speech. Now I highly recommend, there's a little over an hour documentary entitled, you can find it on YouTube, I highly recommend it, Test of a Prophet, the Bible versus Joseph Smith. Because you're not going to see any of these false prophets preaching repentance like Haggai did. Joseph Smith, he doubled down in his false prophet pride to, to build his own harem, polygamous marriages, instead of repenting. And it seems that this pride is always tied to some sort of deviant sex. There was a Joash Thomas on Twitter who says, if you weaponized a Christian faith by calling your LGBTQ plus neighbors mourning the Colorado mass shooting to repent, it is in fact that you need to repent and turn to Christ, he says. Mourning with those who mourn means sitting in silence and sorrow with our mourning neighbors. And then I quoted him <laughs> with a single verse. 2 Corinthians 7.10 For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. And then bam! Mr. Joash blocked me for simply quoting the sound speech of the word of God. They cannot stand it. And he's the second Christian to block me within 24 hours on Twitter for simply replying with a Bible verse. Sound speech. Conquering speech. You either surrender to it, you either repent and surrender to it, or be conquered by this speech. You can block me all you want. Then there's one that even goes farther by comparing the suffering of the gay club attendees and victims with the suffering of Job. And I, I cannot make this up. Mythigator says in response to this Joash, if I recall correctly, even Job's friends, even though he later called them miserable comforters, got the sitting in silence part right. What got them to trouble was running their mouths. And he quotes Job. <laughs> We're going to bring up a righteous uh, man, Job. And Job 1.1, there was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job, and the man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Eschewed evil. Look up the word eschew. It says to abstain or keep away from, shun, avoid, to eschew evil. It's an online dictionary search. So needless to say, my friends, we would not find Job at the local gay disco today. Joseph Smith, maybe, but not Job. Eighth century woodchipper said someone should have told Jesus to mourn with those who mourn when he said what he did in Luke 13, 1 through 5. So let's look at 
Luke 13, 1 through 5, there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering and said unto them, Suppose you that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. So here Jesus is referencing these people who suffered these things. And he says, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. I don't see him mourning with the Galileans here. He's saying, unless we repent, we will all likewise perish. Verse 4, or those 18 upon whom the town tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think you that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? So here we see another suffering people. Did Jesus speak of mourning with them? No, he says, I tell you nay, in verse 5, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. But the problem with men like Joash, they don't read the Bible. And that's why I told Elon Musk to open the Bible and find out if you want to understand today's cultural war. Now, of course, pray for all of these people. The the gay people, the gay discos, all of it. Pray for that there would be repentance. Do not hide sound speech. Do not hide the truth of repentance. Otherwise... If this truth is withheld for so-called mourning, then more than just those people will be mourning. It is at this point that even mourning becomes hate speech. Just as the rebuilding of the second temple would have been in vain, so is the speech of those who withhold the truth of the word of God, that which is sound and conquering. Haggai 2.22, and I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen, and I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them. And the horses and the riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. So here we see that sin, this rebellion against God and pride, it always has a price. It always leads to death and destruction. First Chronicles 10, 13-14, So Saul died for his transgression, and he committed against the Lord, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord. He defied sound speech, which he kept not. And also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. And here we see that this man, Saul, went after hateful speech that was contrary to the word of God, and it and in return conquered him. And he inquired not of the Lord. Therefore he slew him and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. Sound speech always wins, my friends. It's a conquering speech that will bring glory to our God and King. Psalm 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise you him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heaven of heavens, and you waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, you dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, 
fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent, his glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.